Hi everyone, uh, my name is Miguel Magalhães and welcome to another episode of The Nights TV. Um, we said that the last episode would be the last one, but we had the really special guests for a bonus episode. And so we decided to go for one more round. And uh, with me today, I have Alex Shevchenko from RL Labs. Thank you, Alex, for being here with us today. Thanks, Miguel, for having me here. Really yeah. appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yeah, the Nights TV were thinking of um, having a vacation, but you were more than a reason enough for us to come back for one more episode and uh, learn a little bit more about you and the work that uh, you are doing with Aurora. But firstly, I actually wanted, I, I saw uh, in your LinkedIn profile that you have a background in physics, right? And you had like uh, your beginning, the beginning of your career was actually as an academic. And I actually wanted before speaking about Aurora and all of that, Actually, how did you first venture into Web3 and uh, what was it about uh, this space that uh, got your attention? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So within my academia path, I was, um, yeah, I was developing uh, uh, computer programs that were calculated on very, very big computers that are called clusters. And they, these programs were uh, were suited to calculate uh, different flows of liquids and flows of oil and stuff like that. So it was a mathematical modern problem. And the problem for mathematical modern is so big that it really requires many, many computers working together on this one's, one particular problem. And in the end of my uh, academia path, I, I understood that once I completed my PhD, that I would like to go somewhere into into the, the business and uh, in the in the actual application of my skills, uh, and I figured out that there is this thing blockchain back in 2015. And uh, well, actually, in blockchain there are lots of computers that are trying to solve absolutely the same uh, one big problem of the absence of trust in between them. And I thought that well, it's kind of makes a lot of sense to me. And then I was just going down that rabbit hole and uh, uh, and since 2015 I'm ex absolutely amazed by the technology and by uh, by the the change that it can deliver to the world um, maybe this is because of my background of uh, of Eastern European uh, and we are we, I, I was grown in the in the environment where we do not trust to the government and we we know that it is corrupted we know that they are lying to us and that's why uh, there is my, my, my liberal internal myself uh, is always asking for for proofs. It was always asking for checks of, of anything that is happening. Right. And that's why um, many Eastern Europeans are very critical to to what is said. Right. They just not not believe. And from this standpoint, blockchain technology as something that enables a trust layer in between the participants of the same uh, community of, of, of the same network. Uh, this is exactly something that uh, that I was seeing is required for the government and my actually first idea that we need to create a proper um, uh, elections uh, based on the blockchain. We uh, with my colleagues, we have been working on this and we actually created uh, created the way how to do it and it's much more efficient and much better than, than the current election systems. But unfortunately, politicians do not want to adapt it. 
So um, yeah, it's just because they would like to have the control, right? And uh, when when the doors are open and interviewers are inside, they they are smiling and say, yeah, great innovation stuff like that. But when the doors are closed, they said, well, we don't know. Maybe there is a problem in the tech, right? We need to have a way to update the results uh, into correct ones, obviously, or only correct ones. We are not going to introduce any bad stuff there. Um, yeah, so and and then they are uh, extremely unhappy when when I'm telling to them that uh, this is not going to happen. So, um, so yeah, that's that's it. And uh, since 2015, blockchain tech is uh, is all over my head. Uh, I, at some point in time, I actually had a dream. I had a very strange dream when when something was coming to me and saying, "I am the blockchain," <laughs> <laughs> and it, it wanted me to kind of continue the development of the blockchain, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that what was, was just what super was, obsessed. Yeah, what was the the first project that you really worked on uh, that was directly uh, working with a blockchain and trying to solve some sort of issue uh, using so the technology? Starting in 2015, I was one of the first hires in the software department of a company named Bitfury. Back then, it was a pretty big Bitcoin mining company. They were uh, one of the first companies who figured out uh, that uh, you're able to create ASIC chips uh, to mine Bitcoin. And uh, they were having a pretty large chunk of the hash rate of Bitcoin. And they decided to create a software department and uh, it was kind of research department. They were given given out to to young people um, just complete freedom on what to do. So I started the project that is now known as Exonum, and that was the framework for private blockchains. The closest solution that was out there in the market back then was Tendermint that later was growing into, into the Cosmos ecosystem. And uh, back then in, in 2015, we were having multiple successful applications. Um, and uh, later on, in a couple of years, a Hyperledger uh, project with Fabrica and IBM stepping in was formed. And then uh, they were kind of out, out competing us on, the, um, on, on this uh, private uh, blockchain space. But um, uh, the pretty cool thing about Exonum is that we were one of the first companies who started to use Rust. Uh, in the development of the blockchain, um, and uh, the and 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 even before Rust was actually uh, was released, it was in production stage, so it was like a better version of the Rust compiler and stuff like that. But the cool stuff uh, about it is that uh, some pieces of Exonum that were developed back then survived and. Uh, and now actually used uh, it is all open source for sure. And uh, now these pieces are used in in pretty prominent uh, 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 protocols that are using Rust as their base language, including Near and Solana. So and that's kind of cool stuff. That that the first project was was leaving the the trace in the blockchain history. Yeah, and almost like a sort of destiny because your the following path that you would have would put you directly into contact with in contact with some some of those technologies so actually i wanted to to ask you uh, assuming that during that period was the time where you really got to learn how to work in the industry and the basics that would then 
uh, actually build your career and all the projects that you, you would be involved later on. What was kind of the thing that attracted you? Of course, you were already at some sorts working with Ethereum technology, but what was the thing that led you to near protocol and what attracted you so much for uh, a technology that was building uh, inside the Ethereum network and trying to do its best to improve uh, the improve or to take advantage of the potential that the network already had, but actually to provide a solution for the challenges that everyone knew that it already had at, the t at that time. So around 2018, um, a friend of mine called me and say, Hey, uh, Alex, I just figured out that, uh, uh, that you are, that you are in blockchain, you know, I'm, I'm actually also in blockchain. We're starting a new, um, a new startup here. So just wanted to, to, to get back the connection and kind of refurbish the connection point. And I said, yeah, great. Uh, and what is, uh, what is the, what is the name of the startup? And he said, uh, near. And it was Ilya Polosuhin, um, who uh, was my schoolmate, and we were just uh, just one one year of a difference in between us. We're both from from Ukrainian city Kharkiv, um, and we studied at the same school. So we've got this connection, and since then I was uh, I was taking a look at, at Nier and everything that that Ilya was doing. Ilya is is an absolutely great. Uh, uh, and uh, super knowledgeable person. Uh, I, I was 100% sure that anything that he's going to, to do is, it is going to be something interesting. And uh, when in 2020 we got connected again, um, because of some, some interviews and stuff like that, um, uh, I, I saw that, that Nier is, is actually building uh, one of the greatest technologies that are out there. Uh, this, uh, the biggest problem for the blockchains um, is, is obviously the scalability. And this problem is, uh, uh, is, is there, it is, I cannot say that it is fully, fully solved, but, but the approach that Nier is taken from my point of view is the only one that makes sense. Um, any of the approaches of extensively, uh, kind of vertically increase the performance or put more beefy servers like Solana is doing, they are going to hit the wall. The approaches uh, like L2 solutions uh, that are kind of improving the scalability, however, they are, um, they are hitting the wall in terms of the, but they, from my point of view, they are, they are step back uh, just because of the um, decentralization problem, right? So. Um, so sequencers or the nodes that are actually sequencing the transactions and they are deciding in which order the transactions are executed. Well, right now, these are centralized entities. And though there is a way for people to, to get out of the L2s, uh, but this, the time for it is, is like weak or, or even more than that. And uh, uh, just take a look at the recent uh, swing of the market uh, because of the um, Silicon Valley Bank closure, right? everything was was done in in four days right so like you would even if you will if you will anticipate it and even if you will have an alpha on the closure of, of svb in case sequencers would like to censor your transactions they would be able to do this right so it is it is, from my point of view it is a step back what and what near was doing was completely different they were executing it as if they are adults as if they are actually building something that that 
that is intended to to be scalable that is intended to work as as internet is working and they were saying yeah well look the only way how we are able to execute scale blockchains is to let uh, computers or the validators to execute different transactions what does it mean it means that they need to execute different set of transactions that's like you you cannot escape this and and what happens in case and how what is what is the thing that that is going to unite uh, these this uh, um, uh, these validators well well maybe what we can do is just to split the transactions according to the smart contract so one smart contract is executed in one set of validators or on all the transactions that are coming to the smart contract and the transactions that are coming to another smart contract can be executed on another set of validators but then the question what to do with the cross contract calls and because you're not able to do it synchronously like it is done on ethereum and they said well just take a look at the internet. Everything is async, and that's why this cross-country calls must be async. It is so simple, straightforward, and uh, it is an, an, a natural direction of the development of the blockchain that this idea struck me uh, like really, really hard. Um, and uh, from my point of view, uh, now, now near near's approach to scalability and to resolving the problem of scalability of the blockchain, which in turn powers the uh, the mass adoption of the blockchain technology, uh, is the proper way how to do this, and that's why I'm I'm here ready to spend my uh, my the time of my life um, to to contributing into this great technology. Yeah, that will be my next question because. Um along the time that you got into NIR and discovered the benefits that it was bringing to the Ethereum network overall, what was kind of the drive for you to, at a certain point in time, to think um, there is something that I could do better or should work because uh, NIR protocol is already developed uh, within Ethereum network and for you to think that there's something that I can still develop within NIR to make it even better. And so what was kind of the, the challenge or the obstacle that you saw uh, within the things that you were working on that uh, was kind of the drive for Aurora and for you to think there is a way to do this in, in, in a better way, let's, let's call it that way. So after initial conversations with Ilya, um, I joined Neo Protocol directly, right? So I, I started there as a, as a product manager. And my zone of responsibility was everything that is EVM related, right? Because uh, because everyone understood that, hey, uh, Ethereum developed quite a lot of tools. There are lots of uh, developers that understand Solidity and understand Hardhead uh, and other, you know, different tools that are available there. Uh, there is no need to uh, limit uh, near only to the near native uh, runtime that is uh, going to be always uh, kind of underdeveloped in comparison with uh, with ethereum just because to make this change uh, from the evm to to something different it's it just just going to take time so so the idea was there that hey how can we enable everyone from the ethereum ecosystem to swap out the old rusty 
engine that they are working on right now from their car, leave all the handles in the places, make look and feel of the uh, Ethereum, but on a much more high performance um, solution that will be just somewhere there inside uh, and it is going just to work faster at lower cost and with a faster finality, right? Uh, that was just a, just a, a generic idea. How how can we contribute to the Ethereum ecosystem through better, uh, through enabling um, enabling this this uh, kind of usage of, of, of the better technology? And uh, when I was coming coming to near, uh, there were two projects uh, on different stages. So semi semi done. Uh, or in the middle of the development was a project that is called Rainbow Bridge. And this is the bridge, uh, generic and trustless bridging between Ethereum and NEAR protocol. Um, and uh, there was an idea to launch an EVM or Ethereum virtual machine uh, on top of NEAR and, uh, and implement exactly what I was explaining to you uh, just a minute ago. Yeah. So uh, we started to work and uh, uh, it was not surprised to me that uh, we were able to work with Ilya uh, professionally, uh, not only like in school on Olympiads and, and competitions, mm -hmm. but actually we were able to work professionally pretty good. And uh, um, and pretty soon after this, uh, Ilya was coming with a with an idea that hey, maybe we need to just to spin off uh, Aurora as a separate entity, so uh, so we can have decentralization on, on the decision making and uh, we would be able to uh, kind of follow uh, or lead by example with with all of the stuff and um, and it, it made perfect sense and so in, in some point in time half a year after later we Aurora was spun out as a separate entity we're still working uh, a lot uh, with uh, with EDA, with NEAR Foundation, we are one of the biggest projects uh, on, on NEAR and uh, obviously uh, they are our great partner because uh, Aurora is working on top of NEAR. We are their great partner because we're extending their ecosystem and uh, um, uh, allowing more people and more developers uh, to come to the NEAR ecosystem. So, so this is a true, uh, very uh, solid partnership in between, in between us, right? One thing, one thing that I really liked about Aurora is how simultaneously you guys are developing a solution not, not only for the common user of Web3, but also for all the businesses that, uh, especially after a period where Web3 kind of entered a mainstream phase, uh, to give them a solution where they could easy, easily uh, implement within their applications, application services, a Web3 uh, plugin or a Web3 technology of some sort. Um, what, uh, what was it for you and what were kind of, without getting too specific, how important was for you to kind of work in these two dimensions and to ensure that Aurora would have kind of a, pro of a product for these two important groups because normally you have a company that tries to focus on one of the two groups because working in both of them simultaneously is really hard work. So what was kind of the balance that you guys tried to find in order to develop through Aurora Plus and through Aurora Cloud two solutions that were immediately targeted for uh, these two segments? Yeah, absolutely great question. Thanks uh, for asking this. Um, I explained this the following way. 
to everyone, including including Aurora Labs, the development company. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm constantly saying this thing to to everyone who is working in the company. So blockchain is a platform, and platform means that you need to have both sides coming to the platform. You need to have users and businesses that will be able to propose their services to or products to the users. And then from the economical activity that is happening there, uh, the platform is going to get value, right? This is how uh, iPhones are working, right? iPhones are big just because there are lots of applications there. And for applications, App Store is a platform there. And this is the reason why uh, Alibaba or Amazon is big, because uh, they are the platform for stores, for the e-commerce, uh, their e-commerce platforms, right? And um, and and blockchain is absolutely the same, right? Um, uh, having lots of users focusing on users only is not going to to be a viable strategy just because uh, there will be nothing to do for these users. While focusing on businesses only or on the developers only that are going to create use cases, well, it is not going to bring users to these use cases just just like that, right? So, so and that's why you need to you need to tackle both. You need to, and and moreover, uh, my position is is probably pretty pretty different from many people from the Web three space. I actually believe that uh, that though blockchain is is a, is an innovative idea, we do not need to turn it into rebellion. We do not need to say uh, to the world that hey, you understand nothing. You need to now learn the new blockchain reality reality of decentralization, self-awareness and self-custody and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, um, and, 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 and it is uh, completely different. I actually believe that blockchain is, is a feature, is an additional feature for anything that we already have. And Web2 is great because it figured out already how to, uh, how to sell to users, how to make, make engagement, uh, how to make great user interfaces and stuff like that. And uh, there are a lot of things that we need to learn from Web2. And uh, there is no need for us to abandon Web2. Just think of this. The current uh, total market cap of all of the, of all of the tokens, uh, the crypto tokens, right, or crypto coins, is $1.2 trillion. This money is not liquid you will not it's just kind of the market cap is kind of the valuation uh, you would not be able in case people will try to sell a million of bitcoins today is going to be pretty hard um for you know to to execute this stuff so they are not liquid right and this 1.2 trillion is just a half of apple company Web3 is, is so small. I mean, like, does Apple innovate as much as, uh, um, as, uh, as the whole blockchain with all of its different ideas? Um, I, I don't think so, right? Apple is pretty good in producing, in producing stuff and, and then selling it. That's true. Um, and, and blockchain and crypto is not very good at selling stuff. Um, but uh, uh, but there are lots of innovations happening here, and and that's only one company, right? So so Web three is super small in comparison to Web two, and that's why 
we cannot just like it's going to be a very stupid move to say these people don't understand anything uh, we know how to do stuff uh, and then it's it's a new paradigm we need to build everything from scratch no instead it is much better to execute a different strategy help users and businesses on board to this new platform that gives them additional features that gives them this uh, um, additional trust which can be translated into something into the categories that they are used to use right and this can bring to the gaming companies more user engagement and because of this their business models are going to be working better because users will be more loyal right um, or or some yeah or something something different so so that is the the core piece you just need to help them to migrate to to the blockchain but uh, Alex, uh, talking specifically about the the solutions that that you are that Aurora is developing, what was kind of the main advantage? And if you have to to bring one on the side of the users and on the side of the businesses, what was kind of the main advantage or the main benefit that the solutions developed by by Aurora brought to those segments versus what they had until? that point or of course you, you guys are not the only ones working on that but it, the, the market needs more of those solutions in order to as you were just explaining um the the industry is still really small the amount of users is still really small and so what were kind of these these solutions in order to reach this goal of someday being able to compare yourselves with the size of an apple or any big tech company and the way that they were able to build an ecosystem so for the users is it is the simplicity of the interaction with the blockchain um, nowadays in case people are interacting with blockchain they need to understand the concept of gas the concept of stack transactions that you need to speed up the transactions uh, you need to know what crypto wallet and how to switch in between networks and stuff like that this is all very very complicated uh, i am not able to explain this to my grandma um, and, and that's the problem um, what Apple is doing for the transaction interface uh, is called Apple Wallet, right? You just uh, double click uh, on the, on the button. Uh, you just look at the at the device. It kind of approves it, and then you just hand over the the device to a POS terminal, and then it just works, right? They so, even they even have interest rates now. They would they just announced this week that they would have like a. A four percent interest rate, so they even have that now. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so yeah. So, so here we go, and uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 literally on in a pretty in a very very different level. So we understood that the interaction with the blockchain, the approval of transactions, should be happening absolutely like that. There should be no concept of a per transaction fee for the mass user of the blockchain. There should be no necessity of obtaining crypto for an ordinary user of a blockchain, right? All, all of that stuff should go away. All of the technicalities should be lowered down the stack. They should not be exposed to the user. And because of this, uh, we wanted to introduce free transactions. We want to introduce the biometric signing um, uh, into, into the wallet. So we wanted to create the simplest possible wallet uh, uh, that may be limited and that is going to work only with Aurora, uh, but it's still going to deliver that sense of the the trust and the verifiability and censorship resistance to all of the users, 
Now, this is on the user side. On the business side, uh, they have a little bit different problems and their problems are around in case they're launching, uh, they need to have a predictable costs of operations in case they're launching it on the public blockchain. They are not in control of what is happening in this public blockchain uh, and stuff like that. So for the businesses, the core piece is to conserve their business model is not load on the, not put additional load on the users. Um, of uh, of the business model of the blockchain. So what we were providing to them is an ability to cover the costs of the blockchain, cover the business model of the blockchain by themselves. They literally let businesses to pay for the transactions that users are are executing on on the chain. And there there are there are a lot there are several solutions in the market that are that are actually doing this. Uh, but the way how they are doing this was uh, uh, very old-fashioned uh, before before us, right? Um, it was uh, that you need to implement your smart contracts in a certain way that allow to 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 do this, right? And and that is the uh, that that's the problem that because in case in case a user is onboarded to this particular application and this application is built like that. Uh, well, then he can have a free transactions, but in case he would like to explore something else, and here is the moment when the network effects are going to happen on the platform level, right? Uh, if you want to explore something else, then this thing is not going to work, right? And he is forced to understand all of these complicated concepts. So what we did is enabled an ability for users to transact absolutely the same way and for applications to pay for the users. Uh, on the level of the whole blockchain without any change to the smart contracts. Um, so uh, technically speaking, uh, this is happening because of, of a technology that is called or a feature that is called the protocol level meta transactions. Uh, and uh, now there are talks about this in Ethereum community that are around account abstractions. Uh, and this is something that uh, that, uh, that delivers the, the similar functionality. So. So account abstraction is not an abstraction on Aurora. Uh, it works for for two years already, right? So, and that's uh, uh, this is the thing that that is already there, and this is this is what we already use in, in our day to day uh, work. I, I I love the idea, and uh, it has been repeated with a lot of conversations that that I've heard about Web three that the idea for Web three to to reach the potential of uh, a big Web two a company is just making people not realizing that the blockchain is there so <laughs> i i love that idea like uh, even if, even if i if i'm paying for something or if a business or an application that i use is actually using blockchain like the perfect uh, scenario, scenario would be like <laughs> I, I i didn't know that this was using uh, blockchain or, or things like that. And, exactly, and, exactly. And Nowadays, I, when people are using TikTok, well, they know that it's somehow kind of connected to internet, but do they understand whether whether their device has an I, uh, IP version 4 or version 6 and what is the TCP IP in general <laughs> protocol? Yeah. 
they don't know it and the, the majority of the users will never know it nowadays right or, or we need we need to put blockchain on this level um, or even or even in the, the with all the conversation that uh, this year brought around ai and everything most people were already were already using ai through the algorithms that are on the inception of all social media they just didn't know that that was actually some sort of ai as well but suddenly that there was an application that they could use and they would see oh okay this does this for me and suddenly i see the the impact i really believe that the the true uh inflection point would be when people just oh i didn't know i was using blockchain and suddenly i know and this is really cool and it's really helping me whether i'm a, a user trying to pay for something or i'm a business trying to create some efficiencies using blockchain and so i i believe that the work that that you are doing kind of goes in 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 that way uh, but a, a, a question that i had for you was uh, if you had to to provide an example especially on on the business side of a project that uh, kind of use one of your products uh, to improve um its uh, its day-to-day -day business what example could could you provide sure um i'm going to to talk through the example of of an innovative innovative uh, company a european company uh, that is focused that is working in the in the field of uh, green energy so the company has a, a very simple business they they're taking money they are investing this money into the green energy facilities they can build uh, they can build them uh, or they can just buy any anyone that is on the market so they they understand how to work it they are able to maintain it and sell the, the generated green, green energy to the grid to the government um, uh, that's a very web to thin, right? You just get the uh, the understanding how to do this, and now you can monetize your your skills around green energy, right? Now, what they would like to 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 do is to democratize a little bit uh, this market and give an opportunity for more people to invest in this stuff. Not everyone is is willing to to undergo all of the complicated rules and then get uh, shares in the company that that is not listed and that are not liquid they they would like to give you know kind of make the market a little bit better so what they would like to do is to, to start a new company uh, that is uh, uh, going to do absolutely the same so same people right uh, uh, and they would give would like to give an opportunity for for people to invest in this company and then they will be taking this money, investing on the sites, uh, in the sites, and then they are going to generate from 14 to 16% APY. And they would like to distribute this, uh, these, these profits back to, to the investors. And investors are going to get tokens instead of ordinary shares. Uh, so the market for these tokens can be uh, much more liquid, which means that more people are, will be able to enroll. Now, they do understand that uh, their solution that they're talking here about security tokens for sure in many jurisdictions uh, these are going to be treated as security tokens and that's why they would like to be compliant uh, they understand that uh, you cannot just do it uh, just because you want to do it we are not in 2017. Um, so uh, they would like to be compliant and uh, uh, so it means that they need to perform the compliance checks AML, KYC for the people who are enrolled in there. 
but they also understand that um, the amount of use cases around what they are doing is not limited. Sorry, it is not limited to this one particular use case. They would like to also introduce in the future the free energy markets when participants are able to book um, and buy futures on the energy that is going to be produced at some point in time. So it can naturally, uh, the, the market, the energy market can naturally uh, happen, right? And from that standpoint, uh, uh, we can think about the whole DeFi ecosystem that is based on top of the derivatives of the energy, right? And futures yeah. of the energy, yeah. right? So, um, and they understand it, but they also understand that in order to give an opportunity for people to, to be there, they need to be compliant. And in case they're not compliant, uh, things are not going to work. So their answer to this is, is the following. We would like to have our own Aurora instance. So they are becoming clients of the Aurora cloud. That is fenced uh, by the KYC and AML procedures. So we will know who are the participants that are coming inside and we will be able to do the checks on the money that they are bringing inside. Hey, actually, this is what is happening with banks right now, right? So they know they know what is happening and where you bring the money. You need to prove the, the money source and stuff like that. So mm. they would like to build this system where the first use case that they are willing to launch would be the investment use case. And then later on, they are going to expand this set of the use cases. It makes absolute sense to do this and people who are going to participate in this most probably in the very beginning are going to be just ordinary web to people that uh that are looking looking for a place where to invest their money and explaining to them this business model uh is much simpler than explain the business model of curve token with ve economics and stuff like that yeah. or, or uniswap token right so, um, so, so it's just going to be a much, much more straightforward thing that is backed by the real world business. That's, that's the value that, that they see in the blockchain. And that's why they want for their users, uh, a very simple and straightforward onboarding without the complexities of per transaction payment and stuff like that. They would like to remove it completely. Uh, and they would like to have this, uh, this compliance procedures around their solution. And that's why we, because of our tech, because, because of the way how Aurora is built, uh, we are able to use Aurora cloud to deliver to them what they want. And we are able to use Aurora pass uh, and, uh, uh, and Borealis business. So other pieces of the Aurora cloud, not only the silo, um, a piece, but other pieces of the Aurora cloud to deliver the expected uh, user experience uh, to their users and customers. That's amazing. That's really a really cool cool example. Uh, but you were talking and moving a little bit to 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 another topic. You were talking about complying in as an issue or as an, a challenge in that uh, case study that that you just mentioned. Um, how has it been through these last months? And of course. Um, Aurora had like a huge uh, surge within in the bull market and you guys were really paying attention and suddenly as the rest of the industry there was a period of adjustment in in those in these last months how has it been as a leader of a web3 company to kind of 
manage the i'm not going to say the the risk but the uncertainty of this period and how do you keep focus on trying to uh trying to come up with this solution and these products and not worry about what is the perceived value uh, of the company within the industry well it's for me this is simple um for myself because for me the value is always in the tech uh, but being having a tech background and uh, being nerdy in general, uh, it, it, the thing that is important is the technology and what kind of challenges we are solving, right? So, so for me to motivate myself, it is it is super easy. I do understand that um, that it's it's not it's not Bugatti or Plumbo that is that is keeping me here and working, right? It's not like a dream for me, right? Uh, I have my Kia. Uh, I I have I have uh, it's it's much better to for me to dream about a, a proper three D printer rather than and a proper set of, uh, of microelectronics to to just tinker about, right? So, but but the thing that that might be challenging is uh, is keeping the moral in with of the people with with whom you're working because people are different, and uh, for them you need to explain what is happening. And the, the best thing that you're able to provide as a leader um, uh, to your team is the certainty and the sense of the direction. Uh, you need to explain to them where are we going, how we are doing this, what are the steps that we are performing uh, on the way there, what are the milestones where we are checking our condition, and how it is going to to move us to to a success or to to a better position, right? So. Um, and you need to be uh, frank, and you need to uh, you need to have this vision shared with uh, with your team, and that's absolutely okay. Uh, in case it takes lots of time to develop it and to discuss it internally, um, uh, but uh, as soon as you have uh, a buy-in from uh, from from your team, uh, then you are able to move together with this agreed uh, approach, right? So, so this is very very important. Um, for th kind of to have the strategy, to have this uh, uh, this plan um, throughout the bear markets. Uh, uh, probably, if I would be just entering blockchain in 2020, um, it would be a pretty stressful time for me right now. Uh, but since I I'm I'm with blockchain since 2015, and I've seen multiple cycles already. Kind of, I'm 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 pretty relaxed this and uh, uh, and yeah so I'm 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 just focused on uh, on my team I'm just focused on being a good uh, uh, a good colleague to them and uh, trying to support them and uh, try to uh, kind of provide proper arguments uh, for all of their hesitations and that's it and I I'm I'm uh, I'm so honored to work with uh, with just great professionals that are, uh, that are much better than myself. Um, that uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a support player to them, um, and just uh, just 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 help them um, to work on the on 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 the edge of their capabilities, right? So, yeah, that's uh, that's a great answer. And just to say goodbye, I, I wanted to ask you a final question, which is. Um, you are currently living in in Portugal for for the past year, two years, for the past year. Yeah, for the past year. Oh, past like the past year. I wanted to actually get your feedback on what, as your view, not only living in Portugal, what has been your experience, but also, and more importantly, for 
whoever listens to the, this episode, what is kind of your feedback from what you have seen in the Portuguese um, Web3 ecosystem and uh, not only what, what kind of support have you received, but also how do you, have you seen the dynamic of the ecosystem um, work overall? So uh, uh, what I see is that uh, uh, the government is trying to um, uh, to keep the pace uh, of the uh, of the blockchain and, and the pace of, of the blockchain marching uh, forward in this world, right? And because of this, uh, you have these uh, non-profit orgs that are working with the government uh, to educate the government about the, the blockchain. And, uh, uh, and the, there are some moves from the government. They, they don't want to, uh, to tax crypto, uh, but then they want it. But then there was a pushback and then decided to, to delay the solution, the decision on this and stuff like that. So, so that is, that's pretty good. The local communities are, uh, are passionate, I would say. Um, uh, they are smaller than than I used to than I used to the crypto communities in Ukraine, for example. Uh, but it doesn't doesn't mean that they have uh, they don't have the charm, right? So that's why uh, I really like uh, working with Dnights uh, community in general and uh, the leaders of them. And uh, we have been organizing several events uh, uh, around. Uh, um, around Portugal. So that's uh, super great. I do believe that Portugal has has this um, has all of the ingredients to become a proper place for the crypto innovation and be, becoming a crypto hub. Um, for me, Portugal is like a, a California for Europe. It's located somewhere on the west, near next to the ocean, uh, with the same kind of vibes, and uh, uh, yeah. So why and what kind of very very special place? Um, I think that Portugal, with with the proper uh, with the proper moves, with the proper uh, moves from the from the governments and uh, and lawmakers. Uh, is actually able to become, uh, uh, you know, the, the next Silicon Valley or the Europeans um, Silicon Valley. Uh, besides that, it is we have here good weather, great food, um, and just wonderful people, uh, very friendly and smiling to everyone on the streets. So it's just a great place to be. Perfect. Uh, Alex, thank you very much for spending these minutes with me. It was really nice to get to know you a bit better and uh, the things that um, Aurora is uh, working on, working on. And so we, I hope to see you uh, around the corner. Let's call it that way. Uh, and for whoever listened to the episode, thank you very much for um, seeing the, the latest, latest episodes and everything that we talked about uh, throughout this season. Don't forget to follow the nights on Twitter, on TikTok, and don't forget to go to uh, denights.com uh, and uh, check all the events that they are uh, having on the following months because there were for sure very cool things uh, hap happening. So thank you very much for being on that side and good denight.